0: We're going to find out what the heck artists and actors are doing in this time to feel like they have any source of aliveness. It's crazy, it's wild, it gets a little all over the place, and it's a beautiful Pollock-like mess of listening. But my guest Justin Chevalier is the force that made it all come together. It's the first interview ever with Justin... On an all- new open loops with Greg Bornstein. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, welcome to Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. We got a really fantastic interview uh, for you all today. Not even because of me, okay? As much as I want to take credit for the greatness that this is, the person I'm interviewing His name is Justin, Justin Chevalier. He's a good friend of mine, actor. Uh, We've worked together. He's an amazing, talented painter as well. And I sat down and talked with him for about an hour. We got some really good stuff. We really talked about what's happening in New York City at this moment, as well as what's happening in humanity at this moment. He always gives me a very heartfelt and intellectually satisfying spin on a lot of the human-human uh, interactions. He basically Justin is keeping us informed from an intelligent actor's perspective of the contemporary human condition in June twenty twenty. Does that sound something like you want to listen to? I know, I might. You mean? Am I? Well, I know I want to listen to me, but I'm not sure you. You know what? Take a listen. This is my interview with Justin Givalier. Enjoy.
1: Please put me through to Mr. Gregory Bornstein.
0: How you doing, man? How are you? I'm
1: phenomenal, Greg. How are you?
0: Thank you. I am great. Uh, you know, thank you for doing this, man. You know, honestly, when it comes to creating content, especially something as wild and experimental as this, sometimes I I, I very much struggle to articulate uh, what it even is I'm trying to do. And you, of course, have asked me, you've said, Greg, What are we going to talk about? And honestly, I'm still not sure. I always think we have interesting conversations. And the thing that interests me right now specifically is what is going on with actors in this moment in New York City? What is going on for people that came to New York City with a dream of becoming a professional performer and now everything's had to be put on hold. Um and I know you've got other artistic stuff but I'm sort of curious overall uh let's start here. What is sort of what is going on for you? What 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 is what is happening in your world and what is your response to this moment in time as an artist?
1: Sure. What a powerful question, Greg. We all as a collective, I'd say actors um, anyone in the theater, film, industry, um, to production, anyone in the production side of things, things have definitely halted. So, of course, we all know that. The interesting thing at the beginning of this, because, well, as we all know as well, things are changing so quickly. Honestly, yeah. by the week, we have new pieces of information. We have a better time frame as as far as like how long these quarantines uh, will be and restrictions in some ways. And so we're having to also sort of take that in. Um, So I think this is a moment where actors must be taking things in. As an actor, your job right now is to have your eyes open, your ears listening, and occasionally when you're speaking with other people, you know, chatting about their experiences. So i think that's one part of it
0: yes okay is
1: is being observant um second part i think it's time for actors or artists anyone who's who would consider themselves that um to practice Mm. to practice one of the things that i you know am that I say that is true and also something that I'm, I'm guilty of sometimes is, well, if I only had more time, my schedule is busy with A, B, C, D or mostly A, well, I don't have enough time to fit this in, my acting work, my right. painting work. Um, and so now there is that time. So, so I've been focusing on brushing up my media presence responsibly brushing up my right. acting work sort of the rehearsal what happens in, in my room and in my head right um, right right read new plays watch the you know one of the many 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 pieces of theater that are sort of floating around the media right now and then two trying to make those connections that maybe you weren't able to
0: make beforehand I'm sort of curious what your thoughts are on this because I've noticed this in my life as well on that one of the things that my teacher I had a great teacher uh named Alethea Phillips in Mm. in college she's an amazing voice and speech teacher but she she told us a story about having an old uh, having a conversation with a student of hers that was really struggling I, I think she was Even just, I think she was just a barista. Mm -hmm. And the student was saying, you know what? I am, I'm a barista now. I've given up my entire life to be an actor uh, initially. And now I'm just like, I'm sacrificing all of it by working this job. How can I say I'm an actor? And Alethea's response, which always stays with me, the story stays with me, is, are you doing your voice and speech exercises every day? Mm -hmm. No, I'm not are you learning your monologues? I'm not. Well, once you start doing that, you can say you're an actor still. Absolutely.
1: I 100% agree with that idea. Well, of course, that's one thing that I've sort of been enlightened about living Mm. here in in New York City is that, yeah, sure. You know, in in our community, we know a lot of people, oh, so-and-so just made it into the chorus of this musical going to Broadway. Oh my goodness, someone from my school just booked this musical, you know, and they
0: haven't graduated yet. So we know a lot of people who are getting to that. We hate that so much. I mean, great job guys, you're (laughs) successful, but gosh, we hate, we kind of hate you a little bit.
1: Our turn will come. But I say that (laughs) because it's given me perspective, right? Those people found their opportunity. And that's not to say that my opportunity is not right around the corner or this is, you know, quite possibly an opportunity for me to prepare myself or to meet new people or whatever the case might be. So I think that definition of being an actor is is the most true or is the most valuable because. Of course, you're observing in life. And when you observe, I think you also have to put that into practice. Um, Mm. And so I I, I think that that, or I believe that this time allows for that. You know, of course, given that all of the other sort of things that are impacting our life right now in strange ways aren't immediate obstacles.
0: Would you say... I mean you you are you are relatively younger uh, uh t- to me but not that much younger but <laughs> but still you are um and you've come out of school do you have any gauge I'm curious what is your gauge on how many people uh and you went to Hofstra great university I know a lot of great people that have come out of that program how many people are they went through it they graduated they were really going to be performing arts professionals, at least they talk the talk. <laughs> Would you say, What do you? what's the breakdown in your mind? And do you even pay attention to who's still doing it after graduation?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And as far as Hofstra at large, I'll, I'll sort of break it down. Yeah, at please. At large, I am so excited that I see Hofstra pop up in places I don't expect Hofstra to pop up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, please, so tell me about whole, that, like in
0: Playbill. and
1: Yeah, in Playbill, oh, so-and-so is doing this, oh, so-and-so just booked this, oh, this person is really making their way in commercials and voiceover right. work. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a variety of different places that you see a lot of Hofstra folk end up in. So that's endearing. Then when you break it down, of course, to the years that you had at your school and, you know, the different people in the different classes, it varies. Of course, you know, there are some people who are maybe a little bit more quiet
0: or maybe they're acting, you know, in their own space. Mm. Um, Yeah, wasn't that a misconception? I really was thrown off by that. I thought when I went to school, I don't know if you thought this way, but I thought the most vocal interesting personalities in the room were that equaled great actor. It took me a while. <laughs> yeah. Like when I saw this girl, there was this girl in Stella Adler Studio of Acting, quiet, mm-hmm. a year older than me. She was so quiet. But her performances, I think she was I think she was Puck in a Midsummer oh, Night's wow. Dream. And it was the crazy you you would never know that it was inside this girl and it completely shook my reality. <laughs> I was like, how can this quiet girl be capable of that? Uh, I don't know if you had that experience at all or who you thought actors were before. Uh, sure.
1: Well, of course, I mean, it varies in so many different ways. People who were silent are people who were extremely active and have sort of fallen into or gone in a different direction, right? Mm. Maybe they're exploring, um, you know, what it's like to put some more change in your pocket or <laughs> um, yeah. preparing in a different way. Um, but then it is also very exciting to see those people who are still active. Um, right. And, you know, that ties in a little bit more of the mainstream. Oh, I'm doing work at this theater, or hey, I booked this tour, or like we know someone who who um, just booked Sing Street. Um, one of our friends from, from a year below me, or two years below me, sorry. Um, and it's just exciting to see those things. Now for me, that's encouraging because of course it's very easy to have the perspective of like, Oh my goodness. So-and-so is getting this and so-and-so is getting
0: this and so-and-so got that. Yeah. Well,
1: I think I could do this, but I take it as like a, okay,
0: great. Where do you get that optimistic view from you think?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I that know. stems back to just my childhood, I'd say. Um, and the way my mom, um, just sort of raised us to see the better side of things. And that's trickled mm. along through college, you know, before I went to college, I don't know if this is TMI, but like, of no, course, please. You know, I was in one of those families that was had to, you know, single parent mother. And then you have yeah. to think, okay, well, these are all of the risks um, that come with sending you to New York for school. These are all of the expenses. This is nearly impossible. And you have to, you know, make that decision. And you can yeah. either make that decision and look forward to something, or look forward or work to get some success, or you can be scared and frightened and fearful and that does not bode well with me. <laughs> I can't I, I I focus on what I think is possible for me. Truly. So that's, that's what I, that's what influences that thought about those around me reaching success because I say, okay, great. That's good for them. That's good for me because great. I get to see what other people are doing. Maybe it teaches me about um, a casting office that I never knew about, or maybe it leads to a connection. Maybe it's just another, you know, Token in the hat for Hofstra.
0: Definitely. And this is just my nature. Uh, I have definitely tried to. Oh gosh, this is sort of the evil side of me. Uh, I have definitely. <laughs> Let it out, Greg. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I have definitely, for my amusement, but also just for my curiosity, I have definitely tried to bring you to the darkness. As much as humanly possible. Um, (laughs) Yes, I have said things that I I don't believe are true. Often, and this is yeah, this is my pathology. We'll examine this another day. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna give the people a
1: lot to think about here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, look. I mean, it's true. It's I have definitely had conversations where I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take Justin on this journey to absolute (laughs) hatred. Like let's see if he'll go there and you know it, you never do. You always rebound. It's amazing. You're always you're always looking for the positive. You always state the positive thing first. You always like I can't break you, man. <laughs> I <am> tried, <laughs> Greg,
1: because I refuse to be broken. And I this...
0: know, but I so want to. It's so unsatisfying, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rain on the sunshine, man. I want to take it all out, dude. You're Let's a full human being. No, I but
1: Greg, yes, I, I, I don't think there is. And first of all, I don't
0: think. is it a philosophy? Is it a, is it, it seems like it's a philosophy of life that is very organic to you. I wonder how uh, I I really, it it seems like it's just a part of you.
1: It is a part of me. I would say it's very organic and it is a philosophy. It's something, of course, that like I think about today because, great, you go to school and I was both working hard, but I also have, or I maintain, I do the work to maintain that quality, that sort of positive, optimistic perspective on life. And so I guess I built on that in college. Um, But then what's interesting to me is that you grow up and you meet new people and different types of people, and not everyone thinks the same way that you do, um, or is not able to have Whatever it takes to get there, it's different for each person. Um, but I refuse to see people around me hurting or upset or sad. Of course, if you need to cry, of course, Greg, you can cry. But Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, Thank you. Thank um, you. How do you know what was happening? During... Yeah. Okay, keep going.
1: I can hear it. I can hear it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, but yeah. And, and then I'm inspired by people around me.
0: Well, this is, and this is sort of where I wanted to go next, because I, I definitely, uh, how do I articulate this? I definitely experience life sometimes with other people, like when I meet new people through a frame of uh, let's, the joy is there somewhere. There's something either humorous about the situation that we can both align with, or there's uh there's something positive that we can find even in the most dire of circumstances i kind of i I think I go into situations at least kind of looking for some connecting factor that isn't complete despair <laughs> as okay. much as. As much as, and even sometimes that is, hey, look, isn't this a terrible situation we're both in? Like, Like, I kind of go through life like that. But what happens, Justin, is that when you go into situations coming from, and really what it is, see, now this is, to go off on a tangent but it's always going to happen with me um it's expected with you (laughs) yes yes (laughs) i I know i know i i I will get back to you in a second but um (laughs) i'll be here all night uh there's tangent. um what was i gonna say there's vibe so so look i think there's higher vibrations People talk about, like, coming from a higher vibration, which I think you do, Justin. I think when people interact with you, you give them, you feed them an energy, even if they don't want it, that (laughs) is operating. Even, you are non-consensually shoving joy in the people's lives. How dare Um, you? (laughs) And that's a much better place to shove it than where I know you would. Lo- no, I'm kidding. Greg!
1: Greg!
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> just, I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, should we edit that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Protect the people's sweet ears, Greg. No, 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 look. Yes, I do exude. I, I, I make sure that energy is felt. Right,
0: right, right. Because
1: I want to see how someone responds to it.
0: Now, what happens when they don't respond to it positively? Then what I pull
1: back. Do you? Do? Back. <laughs> <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah. No, not really. Not really. I, I pretty much keep that same energy, I think, when I meet anyone. Now, of course, if I'm, if I'm picking up a cue that you're not about some kindness or some joy, or I guess like I'm, I feel like I'm always excited. I can maintain my excitement. And also understand that that other person may not be also feeling excited. You know, Mm. so my hope, my wish, when I'm bringing that energy forward is for it to be reciprocated. However, sometimes you're not going to get what you expect out of another human being.
0: So how much do you care about what other people think of you?
1: Hmm. That's a great question.
0: It's the thing I'm obsessed with. I'm thinking about it constantly. It is, it is a curse. It is terrible. It is. Well, look, no, I accept it about myself. And part of the reason I'm doing this podcast and uh, really trying to connect with more people is to understand it more, to understand my desires, to uh, really want to be validated. Like, where does that need for validation come from? And, and who could, am I separate from that? Um, you know, that's part of my exploration in life and in this and everything I do. Um, but I'm sort of curious like how that registers for you in day-to-day life. Like, do you like are you going like, huh, this conversation is isn't going well and this person hates me? <laughs> Does that even factor in? Like, do you like how do you process that? No, I'm never I never am thinking
1: that per se. I'm never mm. thinking someone hates me when I'm speaking to them. Um, oh, wow, that, that that's not... a gift. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not, I'm, well, this sounds ridiculous, but I'm not about, I'm not about hate. I'm going to talk mm. to you, and if you're going to speak back to me, I'm not, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take a little bit of something, or it's going to take a comment, or it's going to take something for me to, well, it takes a lot for, for me to hate a person takes a yeah. lot for me to hate a person because I'm trying to understand where someone else is coming from most of the time.
0: Um, but right now, tell me who you hate. Name them publicly.
1: Oh, okay. Let me yeah.
0: let me let me let me get off the list. <laughs> Look, do you hate President Donald Trump?
1: Do I hate President Donald Trump? Oh, Greg.
0: Be careful. You might be labeled a Trump supporter after this.
1: I am absolutely not. (laughs) I'm the farthest thing. And yeah, I I do hate him some. But it's that extreme. It's 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 for a human being that's not able to. that is able to or maybe is not able to consider someone else. That's what it boils down to. If you can't consider someone else and if you're well. You know, I, I know, I'm not going to get into politics of, or the specifics of what he's doing. We know, we see, we hear, and it's yes. endless. However, yes, that is a person I do not respect.
0: Do um, you think Joe Biden is adorable? <laughs> I do
1: think he is adorable. <laughs> However, sometimes I'm afraid he cannot get his next
0: sentence out. My mom told me that Joe Biden is, he's got a stutter. Like a lot of... And this actually changed my perspective. He has had a lifelong stutter that... And why
1: does that change your perspective?
0: Because I <laughs> thought he was mentally malfunctioning. Like I a lot of the media was saying, like a, especially conservative media was saying, why are we going to have this guy with mental gaffes? Now, of course, when they mention Biden's mental gaffes, they neglect to show the clips of Donald Trump stumbling through sentences. <laughs> When they they hit on Biden, I do get worried. And then when my mom told me, oh, he's got a stutter, I can now sort of see where when he speaks, he is genuinely struggling just because he knows what he wants to say, but he can't get it out. Now, do I believe the stutter is necessarily a great excuse for the mental gaffes? Still not 100 percent convinced, I'll be honest.
1: I don't believe that he has mental gaffes.
0: Mm. what were you worrying about with regards to getting the next word out
1: well there's a kind of like what i'm doing right now um there's a pause right there's a moment of pause where you're like what's gonna come out what are you trying to say i know Um, and he's
0: so i mean even back to obama like saying obama's an articulate man
1: and incredibly articulate man
0: i'll say this and then
1: i'm putting politics aside but i do think he is the better choice Mm. in
0: terms of the positive light i i definitely it can be hard i think to feel like you're bringing positivity into a situation and people just aren't aligning themselves a lot of it almost seems like people do sometimes work harder to avoid connection than actually just letting it go like i i I genuinely believe and i wonder if this goes into your life philosophy at all that a lot of the easiest it's like when you see a great actor it appears to be easy but it's it's not once you actually do it like it takes a lot of work to get there. However, uh-huh. I will say the thing that the thing that's simple but not easy, they talk about. What's simple? Someone speaks and you react. Someone speaks, they say something, you register their words, and you react in an emotional way. They speak, you listen. Listening is simple, but it's not easy. What makes no. it not easy? <laughs> strip it. What makes it not easy is all the mental distractions, all the things that get in the way. And I of think people when they talk to a positive person uh I especially get this when I talk to people sometimes people have constructed so many b- mental barriers they don't even realize how much easier it would be to genuinely receive someone in presence do you find that
1: that it would be easier
0: people in general in, even interacting with each other, like on a basic level of connecting with a fellow human being, people make connection more difficult for themselves, I find.
1: Absolutely. Abs, I 100% believe that. And that's why I enjoy speaking to people so much. Mm. <laughs> I am trying to speak to them to get a glimpse, just one glimpse of like who they are. Yes, um, yes. You know, I'm not actively thinking about that every single time I'm talking to a person, but I'm actually genuinely interested in you if you're if I'm talking with you. Now, that's not to say that I'm 100% all, you know, in every conversation I have, um, but I try to be. And I think it's actually, if you allow yourself, of course, to be more present, to listen, the answer is listening. That's really it. Do you if you think allow yourself
0: you... to listen to that other person? Uh-huh. You, you Do you, you find that these people open up to you? Do you find that the more you tune into them, even when they have the barrier, the barrier sort of breaks down a little bit?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm convinced if I were to sit down with someone, Brian,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we just started talking for an hour, I could I could get to a place where I'm comfortable or or if, have a more real conversation with them fairly quickly, you know, talk about something a little bit more personal or something not very surface. I think I can slip below the surface. Wow.
0: Now I, In I'm sure time. it's, I mean, you know, this is, it's great that we're doing this right now. We're doing this in quarantine times. I don't know if you've had as many opportunities. I mean, I I really, you know, we haven't caught up in a while. Like, I don't know if you've been out on the streets protest. This could be recent. This could go your entire life. What sticks out to you as a moment where you really, you got something that uh, maybe even both of you, you and the person you were speaking to were surprised by what you unraveled?
1: Well, I think there's an interesting thing happening in this period of our lives. Mm. We are all seeing and hearing, we all know what's happening, right? Oldest people in the world to, unfortunately, the youngest people in the world. Everyone has an idea. And so our minds have been so taxed, I believe, by this wealth of, uh, it's not, yeah, maybe wealth isn't the right word, but this the saturation of information and pain and all of this, you know, that we're dealing with today. So you mix that with people being at home, especially most of the people in our community being at their homes. Yeah. And taking a break from the world we have all known, but from what we knew. And it's a huge shift. Yes. So I think that that has directly affected the way that people are interacting now.
0: Do you think people are just <laughs> unraveling in general? Is that what you're saying? Like you're absolutely, absolutely. I think this
1: is a time where a lot of people are are taking a look at themselves because what we were experiencing before all of this, and it was it was now in hindsight, it was like. The world was moving faster than we were, working so hard and so quickly yeah, to catch up with it and to be where where we thought time was and where we thought the world should be and what we thought the world would be like. We were rushing to that point. But when the world stopped, <laughs> to keep things yeah. extremely dramatic, yes, yes, all of those things were stripped away from millions of people while you are stripping that off it's like ripping off a band-aid you ripped off that band-aid before the wound healed let's say and you're left to see your scars and you're left to see what the world actually is and what your world is you're staring at a mirror i think everyone's doing that Mm. you know okay i'm home now working from home for those that are doing that what is that like oh All of my time goes to working now. You know, that's at least what I hear from my mother. She works, but now work days feel like the entire day of a week. Oh, interesting. As opposed to 40 hours a week or, you know, part-time if you're doing part-time. So people are having to look at that. People are not seeing other people, you know, as frequently. And now what I find interesting, strange interactions have been when I recently have been going out to get some sun more, to get a breath of fresh air. Mm. Of course, with the mask on, everyone should be doing that. But then you stumble upon someone else who's been here in New York City for a while, and you stop, and you stare. Almost every single conversation I have had with someone that I ran into outside, it's a moment where you're like, a human being oh i know you oh i'm taking you in as and and i think that's such a stark difference from the way that we would interact before where i'm not even registering that i'm with you wait a minute right if i'm meeting you 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 for dinner this is
0: happening like is this just you or do you think do you see this happening because you're a very aware guy you're very aware whenever we're we're standing on the street. I streets. think
1: this is happening everywhere. I do see it. I see it in the parks. Now, what I'm also saying is people being, and I'm not trying to judge people on this because, you know, to each their own, but what I am saying are a lot of people not being safe. So that's a problem. Yes. But what I am seeing is people enjoying the moment, especially here. You know, you go from a period where when, the coronavirus madness started New York city was in long period. I mean, it was like scenes out of a movie. Um, New York city were, was in periods of long, big gloomy days. Yes. Rainy darkness. And you're left to stare outside of your window um, or stare at the different walls of your apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, And, All of these other conditions since that beginning um, have been layered on. And so, like I said, everyone's taking a look at themselves in a mirror right now. Everyone's talking, I think, to people more. Or if you're not talking to people more, you're paying attention in a different way.
0: If I were to go back to New York City right now, I would see people on the streets, recognize someone they know, and rather than just quickly going up to them... You would see a moment, almost like a distilled moment of time, where they freeze and they look, it almost sounds like appreciatively, though I I don't want to add that color to that, but it seems like that. Yes. And they are like, wow, my fellow human. You're here. (laughs) Yeah. You're here with me.
1: Hello. (laughs) Yes. And that is what I do, that is what I am seeing. And I hope that that's what's happening everywhere but but genuinely like today you know after this after our lovely conversation I'll probably go out for a little walk but it's my it's the most beautiful thing because I truly am not seeing tons of people with and this is the old school in me but I'm seeing people not necessarily on their phones like when they're outside it's more of like I'm sitting and I'm staring at <laughs> the the Hudson River. Wow.
0: Or you know what? That is such a shift. I'm
1: on this. Oh, it's such a beautiful shift. And I genuinely do
0: see that. Isn't it amazing that do putting that. down phones is the shift? Like it makes me sad when. <laughs> like that's it. But like, yeah. but it is. Well, I such mean, a shift.
1: absolutely. That's definitely something that's happening because I think phones are making people sick at times. I mean, if you you're constantly being bombarded by not bombarded, but over, overwhelmed. We're not being bombarded. We didn't choose this. Yeah. <laughs> We're being overwhelmed by media as far as the coronavirus goes, and we are now all concerned, and we should all be concerned with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, an, it's, a, it's a heightened level of media usage I mean and it's coming at us at warp speed it's exhausting right to be on your phone literally you know it's easier now too to while it is easy to be on your phone for longer periods now it is also taxing so it is it is a moment of relaxation to just put the phone away for a few moments
0: yeah right do you think i mean i uh, I'm totally with you here and this raises a lot of uh there are a lot of different you gave me a lot of good uh juice there uh to to sip on indulgently but you better <laughs> but i will say that sounds that's gonna say guys i know that's weird to, uh, people listening are gonna think that's weird but hey whatever um the point is this I am very curious with regards to what this is going to mean in the long term, because I think you're right. Mm. The thing that was the distraction or the, the feel-good mechanism, which is either validation from the phone or just the instantaneous engagement, I guess that's what it is. These phones give us instantaneous human connection engagement they are ways of connecting in a frankly i think often unnatural way with other people and then all of a sudden corona hits and they're really the way that's it you're now confined to this thing and i wonder if people being forced to like actually sit with the digital day and night like be stuck with it makes people go like, you know what? I can put this down when I go outside because I miss, I now know how empty this is.
1: Yes, or how empty it can be, for sure. Now, I do love that you brought up because I think that's also very important to know is that technology is now almost, it is a necessity for connection, Mm. especially today. So I think that's very important to highlight. And it is the way that, you know. I guess I was only speaking about the media, um, but I like the way you bring it up. In that, it's the way we talk with our parents. In my case, it's the way I communicate with my family. Now that's been delightful. I'll speak on that really quickly. Please, you know, since this all happened, I'm very, I'm very close with my family, um, and it's beautiful because I've enjoyed technology for the reasons of staying on the phone with my my sister, with my mom throughout the entire, uh, you know, evening while she cooks her meal and I cook in my apartment. And so those connections are fabulous. But yes, there is power in also saying, this is enough. Yes. (laughs) Like I've had my fill and I can put it down and I can go be me. Um, And I think that's encouraging. I hope that's what happens. I'm curious to see, it's like a flame, right? I'm curious to see how this Energy like dissipates.
0: The beginning of this, we have a lockdown, and then we get into protests and mass riots over an issue that has to be addressed yeah. in America. And then, you know, I've been seeing even since the beginning of the pandemic, and this is in line with what my show is partly about, which is the conspiracy theory idea of things. That th- the, the the one of the jokes in the conspiracy theory community is that we have riots. The next step is, like, fear of asteroids coming to hit the Earth, which, interestingly enough, there was a story uh, that came out I think NASA is fearing like four asteroids coming towards the planet. Now, the conspiracy theorists, of course, uh, who happen to be mostly right wing, interestingly enough, are like, oh, look, this is a deep state tactic to get people more worried, just like the riots were. And then like, yeah, this idea that everything is organically managed by a group of people. It's it's crazy talk. It is very crazy talk. And the next is like the alien invasion coming up. (laughs) which is also going to be staged i don't
1: know what if an alien yo no what what if an alien invasion was what we needed you know meet some new people yes
0: uh... someone wrote an article saying hey you know what why not if if the government really does which i believe they do have all these hidden files about ufos (laughs) um Why not release it right now? Because as a people, what would be more uniting on this planet than to know, hey, we're (laughs) Earthlings and there's another like that. Then you think that's that rises above race, above sex, above that is like humans versus aliens. Like we could really come together on that issue. It's an interesting philosophical (laughs) point.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. We would really come together. But for, you know, pardon my friend, but people would be shitting their pants. So I'm not necessarily sure that I, that I want that encounter right <laughs> now, um, nor do I necessarily believe that that's gonna, going to happen. But if it were to happen... I hope it's some sweet little aliens (laughs) that come
0: and cure the world
1: and they go and cure the next one.
0: Wouldn't that be nice? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. But look, here's the problem. Okay. So we have this thing going on. So we don't know (laughs) what direction that uh, in general. I mean, look, even my cousin predicted that there would be riots as a result of the lockdown, like way back in March. Now, I she didn't know specifically, yeah. she didn't say there were going to be race riots, but she did say there were going to be riots. I've heard dire predictions about unemployment benefits are running out and people are going to be jobless and not getting an extra $600 a week once August hits. Yeah, People are, I mean, there is, I've read concern that some guys like, oh, yeah, This one guy who I will say is he thinks the protests are a conspiracy, but he also says, oh, you think the race riots are bad? Get ready for the food riots in September. My gosh, that is scary. That is scary. Food
1: riots as far as us not having Yes,
0: people are hungry and they can't even pay for it. Looting. I mean, you know, meat factories might get looted. I mean, who knows? I mean, it could be it could be insane. Now, look, I hope it doesn't come to that. We don't really know what's coming. I want this to be a time of awakening. A lot of astrologists, a lot of the new age people. I mean, here's the problem, Justin. A lot of these guys that are out there saying, like, this is the rebirth. This is, you know, the uh, this is the actual age of Aquarius uh, All this stuff unraveling, right? Mm. We use that word unraveling, coming to the surface. I mean, they say that about every era they're in. So that makes me go, okay, how legit is this? The same time. Sure. This is actually forcing people, like we started at the beginning of this interview. It is forcing people to go, well, now that I have the time, what am yeah. I meant to do on this planet? And I honestly... That's what I think is vital. Mm. But the question is this. Go ahead, you honestly... What happens when things, quote-unquote, open up again? Will that stay with people, or will they go right back into distractions and instant gratification?
1: Greg, my goal... My goal is to take what I have learned and apply it to my future.
0: What have you learned?
1: Because... I've learned that
0: it's important to,
1: oh, what a, Greg, what a question.
0: And you don't have to capture all of it, but
1: what's a little bit of it? No, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. What have I learned? Just the baseline. That one, well, you don't have much time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No one has as much time. Yes, I've learned that too. Um, And even with the pressure, even with us having more time, Well, there's the idea of that time running out, right? To get back to this quote unquote new normal that everyone's trying to get to. Yeah. However, for those people that might have gifts, for those people that might have talents, for those people that might have a skill, um, who those people who might have an interest, I think it's time for people to follow through. Now you have to be creative. How can you manage to survive in the system that we live in, right? So how can you afford to survive and pull your money in and, you know, pay your rent and your bills, but how are you also going to make sure that you're doing what you can do best Mm. to serve not only yourself, your family members, if that's who you want to support, your friends, if that's who you want to support, your community, and us. Us. The we. The people. Right? So, what stresses me out is that people are going to jump back into the hustle and bustle. But I hope as people jump back into the hustle and bustle, they realize the sacrifices that have to be made every single freaking day to allow them to go and work. Look at how many people are unemployed. For lack of better terms, I've, I'm, I I'm, think we're all lovely people, but we are not essential. So what is essential? That's what I'm, you know, and, and I'm trying to make that not so much an idea, so much a philosophy, so much a thought, but how can I actually put that into my real life? That's why I'm so excited and and proud of, the people who are standing up for these protests and using their voices and using social media and using art and using words and the power of discussion to support and bring awareness to black lives, Mm. because there are things happening at a more rapid pace. Seemingly we're not even close to, to amending these issues, but we're making, we're starting to, to lay the pavement or build that foundation. And that's encouraging because you see what is essential. We're not fighting for who's going to get the biggest bonus this year. We're not fighting for, oh, I'm going to just blow all this money on a car. Oh, I'm going to take five trips this year. But no, now we're taking a look at... This is life or death. (laughs)
0: Life or death issue. It's
1: life or death. We're talking about humans how can we support other humans you know i agree and so i i I don't know the answer in my life i know that my tools my vessels are my art and in whatever way i can put that
0: most forward i will well look let's let's briefly you know kind of touch on some of the stuff you do justin i mean you are First of all, I've seen some of the artwork that you've done. In general, I I find your artwork beautiful, but uh, specifically you've been doing a lot of posts uh, related to George Floyd, related to the protests, related to this moment in racial history and anti-racist history is the best way to look at the work you're doing your Instagram channel or do you have other ways people can see that what's the best way
1: yeah so you can look at my Instagram channel it's art underscore by underscore Justin Chevalier (laughs) I'll link that uh in this of course thank you and I appreciate that and it's developing um, and that's something that has been cultivated by this experience. Acting work is on a hold. However, I'm thankful that in this time, I've, I've been able to do readings, yes. which,
0: which keep me fresh. So I'm ex- I'm, I've been thankful for that. And also, when are but you going to start art. doing uh, the painting classes again? I mean, is there any talk about... So I
1: think I'm doing my first one. I think I'm doing my first one in July. Oh, actually. great. Yeah and because that's socially
0: distanced I mean you can work that
1: it is socially distanced now the actual business that I worked for I believe they're trying to you know they're waiting out the New York reopening but that's definitely concrete I think that's there and I think that can easily be adapted for this new way of living but as far as the art goes that I'm developing now it's it's for other people, of course. You know, I do a lot of commissions, and it's delightful to see what people are needing mm, right what now. What do people need?
0: What are the trends?
1: I'm getting a lot of, this is what makes my mother happy. You ah. know, these are the animals that she likes. I'm, I, I want to do this for, for example, Mother's Day. Or Justin, my friend just got a new apartment, and she would like to and she lost her grandfather a few weeks. Could you create a portrait of them? Justin, the movement has really inspired me. I want something that keeps that energy up in my room. Can you create an abstract piece for me?
0: I was wondering if you see a difference between these kind of requests and the ones you were receiving before the pandemic.
1: No, no, I haven't. It's what people need now right now it feels like if it's if it's anything different it feels like something healing Mm, yes or something rejuvenating however i think the rejuvenating part of it is sort of always present i think people i hope my goal is um to make the work exciting you know unless someone's asking for something like a sad face or something right right right. (laughs) um um but yeah, right now, I think it's it's comforting. It's comforting to people. And that's why I like doing that. It also ties into my acting work. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I... It's a lot of listening to
0: people. Oh, for sure, for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. You don't think about that enough, I guess. I've never really thought about the painter who's getting commissioned receiving the other person as part of what you create versus just like, hey, paint this thing. I want you to paint this thing. And then you bring your interpretation. Like, uh, do you find yourself actually almost in your empathy of the other person, taking a little bit of their soul and bringing that to the paintbrush?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Or whoever the, the thing is for. Whenever I'm working on a painting, I say, Who is this for? I say, Tell me about this person. List wow. some characteristics about them. Um, what is the mood? What kind of tones do they give me? And then I ask, What colors? What colors describe them? Or what colors do you know they like? It could be something as simple as that. And that's why I think also it's an interesting combination acting and painting. Because I get that information, it's like you're, you' know you're given circumstances, yeah. the information you need to know, and then you get to perform. The painting process is the rehearsal.
0: right right
1: <laughs> you know and, or it feels like the rehearsal process. and when it's done, I've created a character and the character's ready to go out. So I think that's what's so kind of fun about a lot of the commission work that I do is that I'm developing I'm developing character. With, with the people that I'm
0: yeah, painting. For. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you know, I uh, I, I want to wrap this up in a minute. I, it's been a very uh, enlightening conversation. I, I appreciate you being my first interviewer. Absolutely, sweet. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> What'd <did> you say? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: said absolutely. Oh sweet my cheese.
0: gosh. Thank you. Everybody's going to think we're sleeping with each other after hearing this. It's. <laughs> It's not true. I I prefer to think of it as sleeping intellectually with the people I talk to Ah! Justin (laughs) Chevalier check out uh, art by Justin Chevalier. We'll link to that and uh, definitely sign up for one of his, you can paint, you can drink alcohol and uh, you can work with Justin. You're just not going to be allowed to see his mouth when you're near him. Uh, in the immediate future <laughs> um, which is good because that guy is voracious <laughs> um no, i so look uh justin i, I very much is there Greg. anything else you'd like to promote or uh, anything else going on we should know about i know any readings coming up
1: well i'm currently doing a reading right now that's raising some money for i believe heritage for pride oh, great. um it's fabulous yeah well, where can we learn excited. about that Oh, you on my on my Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Justin Chevalier. You could also find me on Instagram. My just regular account is at Justin Chevalier. Amazing. Justin, I, I really hope
0: to have you on again. Greg! I, think, uh, I would definitely love to do another interview with you.
1: I would be more than enchanted to come Thank on. you.
0: It was a delightful awesome, conversation. Awesome. You're a good man, Justin. Stay healthy. Stay well in New York City. And I hope to see you soon. isn't justin great thank you so much for doing the show justin really grateful so excited to support your artwork to support your acting and it was just great to hear his insight really honest guy that i think has a lot of great perspective on humans so it was an honor to have him be on the show thank you everybody for listening to another episode if you enjoy it Feel free to like, subscribe, leave a review. Let me know what you want to cover next. I'm very grateful that you took the time to listen. I love you all. This has been Open Loops with Greg Bornstein.